Welcome back to My Money and Me. My next guest is Ryan Bacher, co-founder and managing director of NetFlores. Now, Ryan studied and completed a Bachelor of Arts and Law degree at WITS in 1994. He then went to work for the Club Med Group in the Caribbean. Following Club Med, he returned to South Africa, where he was offered a position at Net Active Internet, where he worked in marketing and sales for two years. In 1999, he co-founded NetFlorist and has been at the company ever since. Ryan, thank you so much for joining me. Now, you know, you're best known as the co-founder of NetFlorist. Tell me how this journey began. Tell me a little bit before that. Sure. So, um, so I was working at an internet company and it was really early, 1999. And Macro um, uh, came to us and they said, we want to we want to go online. We want to sell stuff online. It was really early on, and we want you guys to build it for us. You're an internet company, and so you'll just build it for us. And we didn't know anything about e-commerce, nothing. Mm. So instead of lying to them, we said, "Look, we don't know much about this stuff, but we'll build a site. We'll sell something online just to kind of know what we're doing, and then we'll come and sell that solution to you." And really, that's how Nextflow started. There was no. There was no strategy to sell flowers online at all. Nothing. It was just a proof of concept to go and sell it to Macro. And 21 years later, we're still selling flowers. So it's a strange business story and a strange beginning, I guess. So, I mean, you're talking about 1999. And as you say, you didn't know anything about e-commerce. I think it was fairly new in South Africa um, and across the world. Uh, But, you know, we always lag. But... I mean, where obviously you had a paying job, you had macro, uh, you know, approach you, but where did the money come from to actually start this business? It it sounds like it must have been quite a risk because you also didn't know what you were getting into. You didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, that's true. So the company that I was working for at the time put up a little bit of money. Once we decided. I mean, initially when we built the website, it was part of getting the macro deals. So that was just, that was an investment for sales. But once we kind of started selling some flowers online, which we we were amazed by, um, we thought this is an interesting space to be in. And then then the company that I was working for put in some money. But really, I mean, it's a term that didn't exist then, but we bootstrapped the thing. We we were never lavish. We never, um, in the early days, we spent nothing on marketing. Our website was a complete hack. You know, it didn't have the bells and whistles of anything, really. And we, we spent as we grew. So we were very cautious. And actually, that helped us because in 2000, and uh, sometime in 2002, the, the internet, there was a bubble that crashed mm-hmm. around the world. It, it, it was called the dot bombs. Before that, it was called the dot com era and it became dot bomb. And any, any companies that, um, were over-invested, just failed. And in South Africa, at that stage, there were about 100 e-commerce companies, and after that, there were 11 left. So most businesses closed. And the only reason why we were able to stay open is we really hadn't spent much money on anything. We had done everything on the, what did I say, the whiff of a uh, of an oil rag. That's really how we started in the business. <laughs> So uh, just just so that I'm clear, when Macro approached you, they asked you to create an e-commerce platform for them, but it yes. didn't have anything to do with flowers, right? It was for the products. No, that, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. They wanted to sell all their, you know, 
toilet paper and um, Kellogg. So if it wasn't about flowers, we just thought we should sell something. And the reason why we picked flowers was we saw a, a business in America that had just started selling flowers and we were researching online. We thought, oh, and, and actually we did it in, in late January and Valentine's Day was coming up, topical now. And so we thought, well, let's sell some flowers. We'll buy. Like, uh, I mean, I wasn't married at the time. I was dating somebody. I'll buy and some roses. And we'll just, we just get something delivered. So you can go to Macro and say, well, we, you know, we, we kind of know how this thing works and we'll help you sell a lot of stuff. As it turns out, we never sold the Macro stuff because we, we started to get excited about this e-commerce journey for ourselves, actually. And so... You know, we, we parted ways with that relationship, and we started to think seriously about an e-commerce business. And we had very fortuitously picked flowers. I say fortuitously because it was really lucky. Is flowers? Um, people hadn't been going into a florist for a long time, mm. even before the internet. You found a florist. That's what you did. You found mm. a florist, and you said, "Look, I need something delivered to this in this place." There's a message on the card. So. So flowers are super lucky we chose it, and it was really lucky because a lot of the early days of the internet it was hard to buy stuff because you wanted to feel and touch things. I mean, that's how yes. people shopped. But flowers, people weren't shopping that way anyway. So in fact, the internet helped the process because you could see what you were ordering before you found a florist, you know what you ordering. So actually, flowers were, were quite unique for the internet, and they were one of the early adopted products worldwide, not just in South Africa, and we kind of stumbled on it luckily. Which is amazing, but when I hear you speak, you say, you know, we were, you, you were lucky. Um, here's two males starting a business selling flowers. E-commerce, it's your first time, you're playing around, you're trying to actually make a product for somebody else and you stumble upon this. There's a lot of risks involved there. I mean, how did you manage the money side of it, making sure that it yeah. all worked. So there was a lot of risk, but it was a different time for me personally. I, I wasn't married and have kids and kind of, you know, if it didn't work, I would have done something else. I would have got a job. You know, it's different. I mean, if I think now, could I have started that journey now? I would have been terrified. Mm. Because now I've got, a, thank God, a wife and two kids and I've got a home and I've got school fees and insurance fees and like everybody else. And I, I would be terrified. You know, if it didn't work, what's going to happen to my family? But then, when you're just worried about you, well, for me, I, I, I could be really carefree about it and take a lot of risk. Now, now I, I, I would view it differently. Um, my entrepreneurial journey would be different, I think. So, your relationship with money has changed over the years. I mean, you talk about responsibility now. Um, what is that like for you now compared to back in the day when you we're living a free life and taking risks and taking chances to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I must say, I didn't care about money then. Money just, like, I got a, you know, I got a check every month and mm-hmm. I kind of spent it and I got a check the next month. And I didn't, I didn't think about money at all. Now, I would sound pretty conservative. I, um, uh, I think I've got an anxious relationship with money. Um, uh, I'm always worried that, you know, and COVID has shown this, right? I mean, I've got friends we all have whose businesses were doing just fine and then got smashed by this existential thing called mm. COVID that nobody planned for, nobody knew it wasn't anybody's fault. And so I worry about that all the time. I mean, tomorrow our business could close for factors that I, I'm not in control of. I just don't know. So I, I'm always anxious about money. 
and I'm always trying to save. I've got a good mate of mine who's a very, very strong financial advisor, and he always says to me, just put 15% away every month. Take 15% from what you earn, put it away and spend the rest. Feel free. If you've got anything left, and it's hard to have anything left after you put 15% mm. away, but he just said, like, you just have to give yourself a bit of a runway. If things go south, which they can, they just can, but you've got time to get back on your feet because the worst thing is things go south and you like can't make that rent payment. What do you do? And this is a realist for a lot of people, and not not, not because of their fault. Things just happen. I mean, how many people have been entrenched? They were doing well. They were, you know, they were doing their job mm. the best they can, and they're still entrenched. So. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I wasn't when I was single. But now, you know, I've got responsibility. It's not just me. Uh, you know, it's always... Um you know, it's it's and it's both sides. I mean, you have the responsibility at home, which could cause that anxiety, and then you also, you know, the managing director of this company that you founded. It's around for many years, um, and as you say, uh, and we've seen as well, so many companies that have been around for a long time can actually disappear just because of what's going on right now yeah. with COVID. So, managing both of that. I mean, do you? Do you you so the saving is very important in in your personal life. In terms of the business, do you also have backup plans? Yeah, we're not. We're not. I mean, I've got two partners, and we're not people that bet the farm. You know what I mean? We we try things at first all the time. We tried lots of things that have failed. I mean, that, that's a whole other call. Many things, but whatever we tried and we failed. It, it didn't put the business at risk. We're not, we just, we're, we're actually, the three of us are quite risk averse in that sense. Mm-hmm. We're very happy to experiment, but we will only experiment if it doesn't work. We're okay. We take a bit of a knock and our ego gets bruised and we lose some money and it's not nice. But, you know, we don't have to come in the next day and tell a whole lot of people they're going to be retrenched. So, you know, we we're, we run the business that way. We run it like a reflection of how we probably, the three of us run our lives. Whereas other people do the exact opposite, and often it works. It's not um, mm. a very personal thing. You know, Elon Musk best for farm and everything he does. You know, and, and if it doesn't work, he picks himself up and gets more funding somewhere and whatever. It's different personalities. For me, my business is the same as one, and I do feel that. When we employ 500 people, I can tell you when COVID hits, I mean, every one of them was terrified that we were going to close. Mm. You know, it was the first month or two was hard for us. Thank God we came out of it. But, you know, I was terrified that I'd have to tell people that there isn't a job for you. And well, for me, uh, we came out of it. And, and uh, thank God our staff, you know, were very appreciative. Not because of anything we did. It just happened to be that e-commerce, um, e-commerce has done okay in COVID. So we, we didn't have to close. You know, and that again is just hugely fortuitous. But our staff are very thankful. Tell me all the time, you know. Thanks for not retrenching me. I mean, what a crazy thing to tell somebody. Mm. You know, thank you for not retrenching me. It's like, thank you for working for us. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but everybody's terrified. Yeah. It's a very scary time. It's not just a scary time. So the responsibility is big on everybody, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody saw it coming. Uh, you know, for, for many people, it's the first time that they're hearing about lockdown. They've never heard of it or been in a lockdown. And in the first, uh, you know, during the first lockdown, I mean, it was a while before e-commerce could actually operate again. 
Um, you know, we had yeah. to wait for um, uh, for the president to reopen that. And I, I know there was lots yeah, of lobbying um, to, you know, insisting that e-commerce continue to operate during the lockdown. But I also believe that yeah. South Africa is quite a difficult market when it comes to online. I mean, we saw the sudden surge in online shopping only now after COVID, yet it was here for many years and we didn't, you know, we didn't really take it up. And as you were saying, yeah. I mean, you know, like w- with the flowers, I mean, people in South Africa like to touch and feel things. They want to see what yeah. they're buying. So buying something online, uh, there's a whole trust aspect to it. Um, how is, I mean, you know, once e-commerce opened up, I mean, the other issue that comes <laughs> comes up is that you know, there's been so many job losses. The economy is falling apart. Yeah. People are so cash strapped. Are they actually spending yeah. money on flowers? Because a lot of people see it as a luxury item. Yeah. So, look, a certain part of the market is certainly not buying flowers and gifts and emotion there. I mean, that is for sure. If, you, if you're struggling financially, please don't buy anything from us. It's just, you know, need to buy food and pay rent and buy, mm. you know, Close your kids. Don't buy flowers and like that's for sure. But there is another side of the economy that, you know, for whom they still have to buy birthday gifts and they still have to buy get well gifts. And, you know, these are the things that, you know, an anniversary for their wife and maybe they'll spend a bit less, but they still have to buy. So, I mean, these are the things that uh, make our business work. And, and, and there are other people who used to do that in shops and now considering online for all sorts of reasons. Maybe mm. it's a novelty. Maybe they're a bit nervous of going into a shop. So, so there, there has you know there, there have been some customers who aren't who aren't buying who used to, but they're new customers. And so overall, it's okay. It's not fantastic, but it's okay. Mm. And okay at the moment is is good enough. I'll take okay. Yeah, two words. I mean, I've got really I've got friends' businesses who are forty percent down, fifty percent mm. down, and have closed through no fault of their own. So it's not, it's not a simple thing. So we're very very grateful. Our staff are grateful. Mm. I can tell you, I, I, I see it in everybody's eyes. Um, in our warehouses, exception, people are just like, we've got jobs, and that's good, and then that's it. Are you expecting another bumper weekend? Because it's Valentine's Day coming up? <laughs> yeah. I, w- I, well, would, I, mean, I would think that's your busiest time in the year. It is our busiest time, Jan. We we yeah, we are expecting the last two orders coming in. We don't know it's with the last few days where the orders really come in. Um, but we yeah, we think it'll be pretty busy. Valentine's Day on a Sunday is not simple. Complicates things because um, people may not be at home and we deliver. So there's some things about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the, the demand I think will be there. But we'll see the next few days. Ryan, before I let you go, share with me your most yes. important lessons over the years. You said that saving is, has has become very important for you in the latter mm. in the latter part of your life. Um, what are the other important lessons that you can share with our Afropolitans? Sure. Um, I think, by the way, not only saving but where you save. Mm-hmm. So you know, putting money in a bank. Okay, you're going to get whatever the interest rate is, which is uh, very little. Unit trust, which is very little. Putting money in a unit trust, you're likely to get a bit more than the bank. You know, putting money into Bitcoin, well, it could have been good for the last few months, but before that, you know, it got killed. And if you're somebody who really needs that money, mm. you know that. So 
I would say that, um, I would say for retirement money, savings money, don't, don't gamble. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you, if you're putting 15% away and you've got another 5% that you want to play with, great. Buy every spec stock you can, go mad, have fun, hopefully it comes off and you're a billionaire. But for the money that you really need to save, don't gamble. Find, find the safest place that will give you the highest return, whatever it is. Maybe it's a unit trust, maybe it's Satrix, no, I don't know, whatever. doesn't matter. But don't gamble with that money. It's, um, it's too enticing to oh, get rich quick scheme, but that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah, um, it, it's important. I mean, you, you say that now you have an anxious relationship with money, but it mm. is, it's really important to know yourself so that you know where to actually invest your money and how to invest your money because that determines how, um, you know, how you plan your future. If you are risk-averse, yeah. then, you know, you would you know where to go. And if you feel yeah. like you can take the risks then, and you have a bit of extra money to play with, then you go into different stocks. Last yeah, question... Last question to yes. you. What are the guilty pleasures? There must be something. I know you're anxious about money, but <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you splurge on? So, yeah, me and my wife are big ticket items. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It's not that way inclined. But we love eating out, and we go on a date night once a week, and we go and we order, we support our local restaurants, and we order nice stuff, and uh, that feels very indulgent and it's like a nice time spent and Oh, that's so sweet. So you've got flowers covered and you've got eating covered. That's pretty much. Exactly. I think you're doing a good job so far. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ryan, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Go well and good luck this weekend. That was Ryan Bacher, co-founder and managing director of NetFlorist. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.